Today's gospel is the third time in the month of August we hear about St. Peter. St. Peter, who the first weekend of August was able to have enough faith to take a few steps on the stormy sea without sinking. St. Peter, who last week received the grace to recognize that Jesus was God's anointed one, the Messiah, this week doesn't do so well. He fails to accept that Jesus must suffer and die for the salvation of the world. But Jesus continues to speak after he rebukes Peter, and he says how we must deny ourselves, that we must lose our lives in order to find them. This is not necessarily a passage of gloom and doom. Many of us have made sacrifices because we recognize the reality of which Jesus speaks. And our first two readings today and our psalm as well pick up this theme. Both Jeremiah and Paul recognize the necessity of making sacrifices for the Lord. My understanding of this gospel passage has changed fairly dramatically over the years. I used to think of this as a passage that was Jesus condemning, that he was saying that none of us as human beings were able to truly give our lives for others. And so the proper response to this passage in prayer was to feel lousy and unworthy. But a few years ago, I had an epiphany. Many people give their lives for others. The first and obvious example are parents. Parents sacrifice nights of sleep for their infants. They sacrifice gasoline and free time for their tweens. They are often asked to sacrifice their dignity for their teenagers. That's a laugh line. And they're asked to sacrifice money at every moment. That's a laugh line too. We have parents in here. I don't know what you're not laughing about. Why do they do this? Because they find meaning and fullness in loving and caring for their children. But there are many people besides parents who understand the wisdom of losing one's life for Christ in order to find life. Some of the people in this room are engaged in helping professions. Others of you give time and money to worthy causes. And the professors and the grad students in the room know of doing years of research to further the advance of knowledge. Even Jeremiah, the reluctant prophet, felt this life-giving fire within him, forcing him to proclaim God's message. Whenever we give our lives in some way, we are making a commitment. I like to say that making a commitment is saying yes to something we value. But society as a whole has become very afraid of making commitments because saying yes to something requires us to say no to other possibilities. The Onion, that great newspaper of fake news, had an article last year, and I was searching so hard to find it for RCIA last year, and I could not find it again. But I remember it was this fake story about a 31-year-old guy who had never made a commitment in his life. He had never actually responded to an RSVP because he always wanted to hold out in case he got a better offer. He had never had a serious relationship. And 
every day at 11.45, he can't even make a commitment to his coworkers about whether he'll join them for lunch at noon. That's a laugh line, too. The Onion, which is not my first source for spiritual reading, um, even it recognizes that when we keep all the options open, that does not lead to a glamorous life. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. At different points in our lives, we are called to make different kinds of commitments. At some points in our lives, maybe more than actually making a commitment, we're called to commit to discerning about our future commitments. If you're a freshman in your second week at college, you do not have to commit irrevocably to your major. But it probably makes sense now to have a plan for how you're going to test out that major in the next two years or so. Maybe you'll shadow a few professionals or you'll intern, find an internship by the end of your sophomore year so that you'll know if this is what you want to commit to before you finish your degree. Not everyone in their mid-twenties is expected to be married in this day and age. But by the time you're in your mid-twenties, it is definitely time to stop dating jerks for whom you do not have a future. We are constantly becoming the people God calls us to be. James and Evelyn Whitehead said it well, and I quote, A vocation is not a once-and-for-all call in young adulthood to follow this career or enter this particular lifestyle. It is a lifelong conversation with God. Like any rich conversation, it is patterned by periods of spiritual exchange, times of strain and argument, and intervals of silence. To be faithful requires that we remain in the conversation. Throughout my life, I have made various sacrifices and commitments. In grade school, I sacrificed a lot of free time to practice for my music lessons. In high school, I spent a lot of extra time studying math and science. For the last 10 years, I've committed to going to spiritual direction every month. Now, did I feel sure at every moment in these commitments that they were part of God's plan? Of course not. But in hindsight, when I think of the performance opportunities I've had, and yes, I have performed a solo at Carnegie Hall on the toy symbol. Thank you, that's a laugh line too. When I think about my 12 years studying and working in optical engineering, when I reflect on my deepening prayer life, it's clear to me that these commitments have helped me to find my life. Three years ago this weekend, I gave my life in a profound, irrevocable way. I made my promise for life to give my life to my religious community, the Paulist Fathers. Now, what's interesting about priesthood and religious life is that this is the one commitment that most people think about not so much as saying yes, but as saying no. Sure, I have given up the chance to have a family of my own a chance for wealth, a chance to be independent. But I have said yes to some amazing things. I have the privilege to journey with people in really profound ways. 
I have a sense of identity and focus that most people only dream of. And I have job security for life. Now, I don't think that's a laugh line, but you do. In decades to come, I'm sure that Jesus will challenge me to make other sacrifices. But if I stay true to my lifelong conversation with God, I'm sure that I will continue to experience life in abundance. We cannot have it all. Let's not conform ourselves to the age, as Paul would say. I would say, let us not conform ourselves to the age that claims we can have it all. But let us instead continually discern the will of God, even when we're not sure what God has planned for us. Let us commit to one possibility until the path becomes clearer. Then we will be good and pleasing and perfect as living sacrifices to God.